You're listening to Once, episode 324, Secret Garden. Hello and welcome back to Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. And as you can hear, it's Jeremy and I tonight. It is us. It is us. We will hear from Daniel in the near future, but for tonight, we are unsupervised again. And as you guys have probably noticed, we've had some time changes and some co-host changes and there's been a lot of changes. and. You may also have heard that once upon a time, it's been announced that this is the final season. The final season. So the final season. This was the first of the final 12 episodes. I imagine the final two will be aired together if I did my math correctly, because we got to end on Mother's Day. Well, but Mother's Day is a Sunday and it's not on Sunday anymore. Oh, what? How did I not (laughs) even realize that? (laughs) Um, well, the, but that weekend, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you could be right. It could be the next week. And they, I think I assumed they would take Easter off. Yeah, though they haven't in the past. Last couple of years. Yeah, I remember it being silly. Hard to say. I'm, I've got this vague memory all of a sudden that they said they weren't going to have any more interruptions when they came back. But I might okay. be just totally making that up. So we've got either 11 or 10 weeks left, depending on if we do a two-hour finale or two hours anywhere and whether that counts as two episodes or one and all the (laughs) network shenanigans but we even though there's been a lot of changes and some scheduling conflicts and we've pushed the time now so officially for the next 11 or 10 episodes of once podcast we are going to be starting around 7 30 p.m eastern standard time on mondays and we just wanted to make sure that we finished the podcast since they announced this was the final season yes so even though we have needed to make some changes we're we're gonna see it through to the end we're still here (laughs) the podcast looks a lot like the current season (laughs) you know minus witches and stuff like that's just weird but we'll get into that (laughs) speaking of the current season (laughs) i looked for a good segue what is the show again do you remember what the show's about because it started, the episode started, and I was having a really hard time separating the timelines and everything. There were people I totally forgot existed. It's mm-hmm. been a long three months, to be honest. <laughs> the hiatus has been long in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, it's been long, but also short like it was it was it wasn't even three months because remember they went so late because if you recall the last podcast we did i was like no and i booked an appointment because i didn't know that we were <laughs> right, still right. going to be recording like less almost, than a week it was almost christmas, christmas which means christmas wasn't that long ago and then i was expecting all this like coven of the eight stuff which is where we left off and i yeah. think they realized like they just need to slow it down so they're Maybe like let's they... start in storybrook yeah, so Haven't this, been there episode, for a while. this episode felt like once upon a time getting back to its roots in the worst possible way. 
<laughs> to Although me. Although we, we did get feedback, which I apologize to anyone who sent feedback. I was away all weekend. I only read the feedback that we got like an hour ago because um, <laughs> I had no data in the States. Um, so Deandra Williams sent feedback about like how the timeline actually makes sense now because we were all wondering Robin's age and then she gave us a lot of information about um, like how we knew Henry was 13 in the episode 508 and then or 505 sorry and then you know, she did all the math for us and it all makes sense now. So Henry currently is 38 or 39. Okay. And before we get too far into that, I want to say for people who might have been listening to older episodes of the podcast and then upon hearing the announcement of the end, jumped forward, that our format this season is topical, not chronological or split into past, present so much. So we'll kind of be all over the place, but kind of organized. The timeline is still strange, except that now I'm wondering if Zelina's not in our realm comment about Robin growing up quickly was meant to imply that the another realm realm (laughs) actually time moves faster, which would also account for Henry having grown up so much while all the people he left in Storybrooke didn't really age very much. But we've still got the eight years of Lucy. The eight years alive. of Lucy. That's the spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> Except it sounds like a really sad this short spinoff. spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> but Lucy is eight in this realm when the curse is cast, in theory, apparently, allegedly. And so if she is eight and Robin Hood, Robin is... <laughs> 25 and robin was 18 when she came through uh did they say she was 25 because i had 23 in my head or was that regina's guess i think regina said oh you're 23 and she said 25 okay but not in this realm that's what this feedback says so thank you geandra williams for doing that math for us i did find it hard to split up by theme today because so many of the things overlapped which seems to have been that seems to be a trend this season but we did get a new name. Hook. Nook. Wish Hook. <laughs> Nook. Nook. And I like that. <laughs> it's easier. Wait, what was the creepy kid in Once Wonderland's name? Oh, Knox. Knox? Nix. Was it Nix? Oh, creepy kid totally threw me off because you call <laughs> sorry, her that. Well. And I never think of her as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. The well. It was Nix. Sorry. Yeah. Nook. <laughs> Nix. Nix and Nook. Wouldn't they make a ship? (laughs) It was nice to see the past and to see those things wrapped up and to kind of explain, A, how Zelina got her magic back. B, Eh. why Zelina and Robin are back in another realm slash possibly the Enchanted Forest where Tiana's castle is. Except that's not the Enchanted Forest. But we did hypothesize that it might be that they might have moved back to the Enchanted Forest. Remember? Oh, that's right. No, so, what are you talking allegedly. about? That was before Christmas. Uh, Tiana's <laughs> castle looked beautiful. Like that that shot, the, the far, the distance shot looked better than what they've done in the past. It did. It looked good. So the visuals were great. Honestly, and that here again, this is where I, I say getting back to the roots in the worst way. I I didn't love 
honestly, I didn't love much in this episode. It was <laughs> it it was a little flat for me. It was a little rushed, um, and also creepy in the wrong ways, maybe. Um, but as far as the past goes, you know, once again, I'm bothered by how easily they portal between worlds without or between realms without explaining how they can do that. And I do still, I mean, I'll have to think it through for myself, I guess, but uh, the timeline still is not quite right. Yeah, I think that they did a good job trying to fix the timeline at the very least. Like they gave a lot of specific numbers. True, that's more than we've gotten sometimes in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I enjoyed about the whole Zelina and Robin dynamic is that there were still mommy issues. Like I, I kind of was annoyed at it by it at first. Cause I'm like, this is the next generation. And these women have learned all of these lessons and they're going to be raising this like generation without quote mommy issues. But at the same time, like I think every teenage girl like has issues with her mom. And even Robin admitted that where she was like, I just thought I was supposed to want to do magic. I don't actually want to do it. Almost like admitting that she was only doing it to be rebellious. And I think that that paints like a pretty accurate picture that like your mom doesn't have to be the evil queen and slaughter an entire town full of people trying to kill your step grandma (laughs) or whatever, or your birth grandma. Like that doesn't have to be the issue. And that like, it's just real life that kids have conflict. And unfortunately in this series, conflict comes with magic and magic comes with a price and you get to go on interesting adventures and almost die. (laughs) That about sums up the show, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was a a bit troubled with the storybook part of the flashback. That was some pretty dark stuff for the youth of Storybrooke to just be in a dungeon (laughs) vault getting into. I wonder if they knew that, though, and that's why they made the girl's cell phone ring. I mean, that was funny. (laughs) And then she's like, I actually wasn't quite paying attention yet when I watched that because, like, it was the very first scene and I was, like, getting settled. And then I was like, oh, I got to go back. And I, like, rewound, rewound, rewound because I was like, who is this? Is this current day? I didn't understand where it was happening. Right. And we did get some feedback asking whether one of those girls might have been Hook and Emma's child. Oh, maybe the one they didn't show? I mean, I hope not, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah. but it's possible. I mean, peer pressure and whatnot, you know, put on this cloak. Mm, actually, the age... Stand by this cauldron. It, it'll be fine. Hook and Emma's <laughs> child should be a lot younger than Robin. Because Hook and Emma weren't expecting until they came to save Henry, like until Hook came to save Henry from Lady Tremaine, Yes. Which was like years and years. Like, I think, oh, I should. Did I select this? uh, Deandra said 10 years before Henry meets Cinderella. She did the math. So he was 28 when he met Cinderella to make the math work. So Robin would be like 11 by the time Hook and Emma's child is born. So their kid would only be like seven in this episode. So hopefully that wasn't. Have you ever heard anyone say not to do math on a podcast? <laughs> Probably. Did I think I, just I might really mess I might it up? Ex- no, I can't follow it all. So I might <laughs> oh, actually okay. extend it to don't discuss timelines on a podcast, which is a really bad rule <laughs> for our podcast. But it's starting to get to that point. <laughs> We're not here How to discuss this... timelines. Wasn't right. that the quote? 
<laughs> yeah, right. How did this season get worse in one little, like, almost totally starting over timeline-wise? And it is harder to track than the timeline of the other six seasons. Well, and there were so many game changers in this episode, in my opinion. Like, I wrote, if we're moving on, I don't know if we are, but <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, why was Gothel helping them? Like, it's clear in the past that Gothel has an agenda for that resurrection. I kept calling it the resurrection stone, but the resurrection amulet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she, like, legitimately used it for what she said she was going to. Like, she followed through on a deal. That was a game changer. Yeah, I couldn't figure out why she bothered to wake Lucy up. And by the way, Lucy was dead. So why was that any of that necessary? Well, she wasn't dead. They did say that it was resurrect a soul that is not yet tied to the other side. Oh, but I mean, you don't have to resurrect something that's not dead. Just like Anastasia had like one <laughs> breath left. <laughs> so she technically oh. wasn't dead because dead is dead. Oh, that right, right, right. Not right. a very good Rumple impression, but. No, it wasn't. But Except I... when your name is Anastasia <laughs> and it means Anastasia. resurrection. In both series, in both series, Anastasia was brought back from the dead. Spoiler alert. And go Hang listen on. to oncepodcast.com slash Wonderland. Or go watch the show too. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of things that frustrated me. The timeline didn't actually as much as it seems like it did now that we're talking about That's it. That's good. Do you, um, can you remind us all how they already knew Mother Gothel when Lucy was a baby? Hook knew her from the, sorry, Nook. Nook right. knew her from the whole tower incident. <laughs> and Zelina. You could say that. I, I don't think Zelina <laughs> knew knew her, but knew of her. Because when they said that she summoned Mother Earth, air quote, who's the same thing. Or did they say Mother Earth or Mother Nature? Like they Mother likened Nature, her I'm to Mother Nature. That's a can of earthworms that they just put right back on the shelf. <laughs> it makes sense, though, because she's all earthy and a dirty hippie witch. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense now that Kelly's like outburst was, I was cursed to be a hippie. <laughs> she's really, <laughs> she hates hippies. Um, but it's because she was triggered by Mother Gothel. Sure. I don't think Zelina should know her, but I think it was pretty clear in the explanation when Robin was 25 and Regina went for help that the cult had tried to, sorry, the coven <laughs> had tried to recruit her before. So apparently that was before this because she already did know who Mother Gothel was. Yeah. Huh. Bad news. She knew she was bad news bears. That's what she knew. <laughs> <laughs> bad news bears. And so and so Gothel being completely powerless in the land without magic, um, magicked a <laughs> vial <laughs> onto the person of young Robin and then maybe made it leap out of her hand? No, no. She, that that uh, vial she had filled herself in the cauldron. Oh, did she? Yeah, that was on my then second watch. Why did she act like it hurt her? To me, she, like, air quote, accidentally dropped it. To me, that was just bad acting. What Or not klutz. great acting. Sorry, that was bad directing. Let's go with that. 
True. <laughs> Wait, did Lana Perea direct this episode? That's not. The oh, name. yeah. If it's Lana, then it was it's, great. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but like, it's it's really unfair writing. So Robin, who is an excellent archer, which requires some manual dexterity, can't hold on to a glass vial standing in the forest. Standing still in the forest. <laughs> well, and then when they found her in the shop, which I have a lot to say about, actually, when they found her in the shop, she said, no, I, I came here myself. Like, she made it seem like she did that on purpose. Yeah. Like, I ran away. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I Like, there's I mean, no defending you know. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she could have just been saying that. Maybe she was just saying that to like get back at her mom because teenage girls are mean to their moms, guys. Or maybe that's the lie she told Gothel. She was like, I meant to do that. Well, she did do the summoning spell. She did. So Gothel wouldn't, would like, she would believe that that happened. She really summoned something. That shop, I had to get some help because I Memento couldn't more. understand. Pardon? Memento Mori. <laughs> yes. So I was like, I was like, what was the name of the woman in the mirror? Because she's gonna be a, a like, she's definitely gonna be a a player in the rest of this season, like for sure. That's like not even a theory. Only it's a theory because that's who that's <laughs> who either, Gothel wanted to resurrect, right? She said she was one of the most. Or it's a spoiler, Aaron. <laughs> be careful. Well, it's not it's not a spoiler because I'm spoiler free. I know. Like, you know, I wouldn't even go look something up on Instagram. (laughs) You know that. And I know that. But I need that. I need our (laughs) lovely audience to know. that. (laughs) So she said, uh, Leota, is that how you say her name? Uh, We're going to go with that. Yes. Is one of the most powerful beings in all the realms. One of the most. Let me just they haven't spoken in complete annoying once or sentences. And that it was, she was critical to the plans of her coven. And then I don't understand why she wouldn't just raise her instead of Lucy, but that's another rant. But the shop (laughs) was from the Haunted Mansion movie, which I have never seen. And so is the character, Madame Leota. Really? Because I was like being all clever and looking up the sign and trying to do research like we used to. Yes. And then someone was just like, someone in our chat, our, I think it was, um, I don't know, maybe Rumpel's girl was like, no, it's from the movie. <laughs> well, so. it's also a shop now at Disney World, I believe. Not that I've ever been. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is. And it's so what I had found on the character is that she's a ghostly character from the Haunted Mansion franchise, originally conceived as a character to be featured in the Haunted Mansion. Leota's character has been expanded to be featured in multiple Disney attractions as well as a feature film. There were some moments as they entered the shop that sounded very strange to me. And I wonder now if it was audio taken directly from some of the attractions. Oh, that would be cool. Because there was that quote about um, ringing the bell. Yeah. There was something. That all seemed so strange, but I can see it. I can see walking through something at Disney. One of the things, the only other thing that I noted was that she seems to be good in the Haunted Mansion or at least neutral. 
And it says she generally favors speaking in rhyme as her incantations seem to be based around it. Well, um, she is not good in this show, my friends. I, well. <laughs> she could not wait to tell Drizella that she, what? which one did she talk to? She talked to Anastasia. <laughs> No, she no, talked to Robin. Robin. There were so many people standing <laughs> on pentagrams. And pentagrams, by the way, should probably not have been in Once Upon a Time at any point. <laughs> I noticed they were pretty careful to keep them kind of skewed so they weren't facing any one direction. Because those would be some fun screenshots to see all over the internet. But <laughs> that's another topic. Uh, but yes, so many people. How many people? Did you happen to count how many people were about to meet their doom inside a pentagram on this one episode? Four. <laughs> well. Robin, Zelina, uh-huh. Drizella, Tremaine. Well, and maybe Anastasia, but I don't yeah. think that that was ever the intention. I don't think that she ever tried to kill Anastasia. Oh, no, you're right. She just had a similar. She was just near where it ended They just up. had the same magic CGI feature. Yes. All the red, wispy stuff. Wow. So that's a lot. <laughs> so the Memento Mori, the focus of that is on cultivating detachment and turning, an, turning one's attention towards the immortality of the soul. Which I just feel like that might be important considering we're talking about resurrecting people and like doing something crazy bad with this coven with like the most powerful being ever. Well, it's Latin for and it actually means remember death. Right. And as a concept separate from all of this, it's actually pretty cool. (laughs) Separate from all of this because they're butchering it or just absolutely. But it does make yeah. sense that they're using that because they are talking about like souls that aren't tethered to the other side yet and, you know, raising people that are kind of almost dead. But do you think they're going to try and make somebody immortal? Well, they already have that. So it wouldn't be that. Um, like the dark one. Is that what you yes. mean? Yes, I do. It wouldn't be that much of a novelty. Can we discuss how many characters have been given the label of like one of the most powerful beings in all the realms, like the Dark One. <laughs> and Rule Gore. The Blue Fairy. You know, she's just a nun now, though, so, I mean. Yes. <laughs> now this chick, or thing, being. Are other people <laughs> interested in this storyline? As you're, as you're saying this, I'm realizing that I'm not. Like, Leota <laughs> is okay. Where did you come from? We have so many characters in this yes. season. Well, and I did I did hypothesize or I questioned, I think, at least in my head I did, whether I said it on the podcast is a whole other story. But I said, like, what are some other powerful witches that we've seen that are still around that might be, like, filling these eight spots, which is where I thought the show was going to go. But now... true. We've lost a witch. Right. They may still find a way to bring it back around to that. And that would help to explain why there's this sudden explosion of these powerful chicks. <laughs> well, and not a, not a, like not even to mention ones that we've probably met that we don't even know yet are powerful witches. Yeah. I mm, Yeah. Because one thing I made note of 
is that the doctor who treated Lucy is named Dr. Sage. And Sage is like something I'm familiar with in the yoga community, but it's like a hippie, a hippie, you know, thing that people use for clearing spaces and for smudging. And it actually means to heal and to save. And it says on... She didn't do a very good job. <laughs> no, she didn't. Or did she? I, I don't know. We don't know because something happened to her. But um, <laughs> it said that... Uh, it said, sorry, my research, the page that I found said that a lot of Romans regarded sage quite highly and much sacrifice and ceremony was associated with its harvest. I only... Huh. I only like made note of that because of the word sacrifice, because we talked about that a lot in this episode, too. Yes. But yeah, I would be more interested in this storyline if they were actually doing with it what I thought they were going to. And if you think of Jacinda's calling her doctor takes her time. Yeah. Time could be T-H-Y-M-E. <laughs> but um bum Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 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 um but like why did she die <laughs> well no. <laughs> uh that was some heavy foreshadowing this stuff will kill you <laughs> oh see, yeah I didn't, I didn't pick up on it at the time i was just like why are you being so awkward is she just a new character and you want her to have some forced personality well but- and it wasn't it like i th- i think that was key lime is it seltzer Oh, I didn't pay nearly that close attention. I was busy being creeped out by what I hoped was some kind of poison herb and actually kind of looked like larva. Oh, yeah. I mean, when she got it out of the vending machine and said, this stuff will kill you. Like, I thought it was just mineral water with some lime flavor. Yeah, it didn't look particularly... It didn't um, look like pop or like soda. Right. It looked just like... It was strange. It it was, (laughs) yeah, just like so many other off key moments in this episode which speaking of that i just want to go back to the past for one second when zelina got her power back yeah it was green i i was well there's that but i I was sort of with them right up until she goes oh that feels so much better i was like rub it in like (laughs) why she gave you the magic which that's a whole nother thing that's way too easy now but but what was what was that? Well, and it's interesting because it's been, been two decades. All this time. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking like this is the first time she's had to maybe like I I didn't gather that she's been facing life or death situations for the last eighteen years in Storybrooke. I think life was pretty quiet, and so this is the first time when push comes to shove that she was like ah, I have to solve this big problem and I don't have my powers, which is how I would normally do it. And I can't just poof my daughter out of there. Yeah. So that could be where it was coming from because in this time of turmoil, for the first time ever, she didn't have her powers. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm mostly just poking fun at the writing because it's been so long since I had a really good specimen of an episode to do it (laughs) so often in. Do you know who really enjoys when Jeremy pokes fun at the writing and when we have all these in-depth discussions about the episode? (laughs) Our heroes, we hope. (laughs) And for this episode, we would like to thank 
Lisa Slack, Lisa R, Trainer James, Marianne Lavati, and our 18 heroes on Patreon. And if you would like to become a hero and help support these final 10 to 11 episodes of the podcast, please <laughs> visit us at oncepodcast.com slash heroes. And thank you for your support. Speaking of power and who has it and who doesn't and who got it and who lost it, two things. Why do they have power in a land without magic, Hyperion Heights? And does Anastasia still have power after she recharged <laughs> the amulet? You know, she's resting right now. So. She's just resting and hearing none I of this think, snap. Yeah. So basically what that means is in the next episode, whoever was to write it has the option of giving Anastasia power or not. And having her be affected by the events that had just transpired or not. Like they've got <laughs> options. That was a beautiful setup for non-committal. <laughs> That's how I see that whole thing. I don't like that Anastasia seems to be one of the most powerful people. And Mother Gothel just snapped her finger and put her in a trance and put a little spell on her. Who's really the boss? Maybe, maybe since she's not practiced at using her power... She's just susceptible to those things. Maybe. And clearly, she's not as powerful as Gothel, I suppose. And Gothel has a tendency to build people up more than... Well, it's hard to say. She just says what she wants at any time. But clearly, they do have power there, even though it's a land without magic. Yeah. That's a big pet peeve of mine, in case no one's listened to the last 10 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, she was scraping the power together from some plants and things. And now she's just like, oh, when you weren't looking, I set up a whole evil thing with a pentagram. And she has she's mentioned a lot like being rooted. It comes from the earth. There's been the whole thing about the flowers. Which um, they abandoned very quickly. Yes, but that has been a theme. And I guess in theory, well... The only thing I could see this working is that the earth is obviously all connected to itself. And maybe she can like channel some of the magic that's from Storybrooke because clearly there is there is magic on this planet through Storybrooke. And she's somehow like getting power from the earth that the earth is like getting from Storybrooke. It's very far stretch. That really is. That was actually pretty amazing. I could see them trying to explain it in one episode like that, except that what they would probably do is just create an unforeshadowed magical MacGuffin. They <laughs> well, wouldn't they do that of... in this episode because they already did one with the amulet, which we've never heard of before. Right. Well, so they did do that. So in season six of Buffy, which is arguably my least favorite <laughs> season that I enjoyed a lot better once I had like surpassed the age that the characters were in that season. But to me as somebody like five years younger or like maybe even more than five years younger, it didn't, it didn't work for me. It was like a really dark season. It's like this season only of Buffy. <laughs> they did connect the magic of the earth and spoiler alert for a show that's been over for 10 years. They like the witch was able to get, power from like the roots and the ground and the earth so it's not like a you know a foreign concept to these writers and 
directors and stuff because a lot, not a lot of them, but at least a few of them have worked on Buffy and those other shows. It's actually starting to feel beyond nods. (laughs) Like it's just exactly the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. I, and I never watched that show, but I guess that's why they can do it. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. It's just little bits. It wasn't a major storyline on Buffy either. It was just like kind of one. And it's probably rooted in other stories and legends and things like that. Well, I think that's the whole, any, you know, judgment about witches and as far as it pertains to personal religion and like your own personal code of ethics. Like if you really, really like get down to the nitty gritty of covens and religions or that were like that as a religion, it, it has to do with honoring the earth and that power comes from the earth and the planets and the moon and all of that, the sun, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, so all the natural which, elements, all the hippie to stuff. Be, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I, I'm a bit frustrated that they're taking the show this way, especially in the last episodes, because it's, especially depending on your beliefs, it's almost a stretch to talk about witches and things like that in a fanciful fairy tale motif kind of story. But now it's like stuff's getting real. <laughs> it's literal. Yeah. And it's it's not pleasant and it's it's really and it's difficult even trying to mesh the two flavors if you will of story witchcraft. Right. Gothel's talking about Selena in the same way. And I and in my brain, I'm going, my, my gut reaction is, Selena's not a witch. Wait, I guess she's the Wicked Witch. So yeah, but it's totally, it still feels totally different because there's so much more just light fantasy surrounding even something like the Wicked Witch and Wizard of Oz than there is some of this other stuff. Well, and I think they're going back more to the roots, but that's not really ever what the show's been about. Right. Because they've rewritten the commonly known fairy tales. They have, in a sense, gone back more to the originals, but not like the super, super dark ones that like the Grimm brothers wrote. Right. Like it's still (laughs) been in a very storytelling, like fairy tale family show way. Yes. Which, you know, a little darker and it's, once has certainly had its moments anyway, sometimes a little, uh, well, off key. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily an issue. Or gritty, I guess, isn't so much an issue in my mind as just the, the particular type that it is now is yeah. bug- bugging me a little bit. Uh, but, you know, at least they're not trying to, at this point, make that out to be something that the good guys get to dabble in as well. Yes. And I still am not like, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't know if like Mother Gothel's super evil, because even in this episode, she hinted at a backstory. Like, obviously, she has a backstory, but I'm wondering if we're going to get to see it because she was trying to relate to Anastasia. And she said that she knows what it's like to I, I don't know her exact wording, but like to have your magic come on really early and like no one knows what to do with you. Yeah. So Well, by their own definition, she is absolutely a villain. 
Yes. They go so far as to say that heroes don't kill. And she's just like, ah, I mean, I'll sacrifice whoever to get what I want. <laughs> yeah. And magic has always come with a price. I mean, the price used to be a little bit different. I mean, sorry, magic hasn't always come with a price. It certainly came with a price in the first two seasons. And then we kind of <laughs> forgot for a while that magic always comes with a price and we used it all willy nilly. But now, like, they've really focused on the price of magic. And I don't think that the price has always been a life. But certainly, I recalled Rumpelstiltskin making some parents into some dolls that are still in his shopping <laughs> storybook. Like, no, he maybe didn't kill them, but... Oh, I hope they're dead. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Would you want to exist that way? No, exactly. Like, <laughs> if you really, really think about it, like, the price... A life for a life is a very common saying in, you know, scientific ABC shows. <laughs> I guess ABC shows, but um, <laughs> well, Agents of Shield just got done saying that frequently <laughs> before their winter break. <laughs> oh, I have a quote in my head: "A life for a life, my debt is repaid." And now I can't even think of where that's from. <laughs> a life for a life, my debt is repaid. Anyway. <laughs> You know, it's not just, I don't think it's from once because you would probably remember and tell me, but. I might. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I thought was frustrating in this episode, other than what we already talked about, <laughs> was kind of the Lady Tremaine stuff and just that they. Your quote was from Mulan, apparently. Oh, Either yeah. that or it was spoken in Mulan. Yeah, I Googled nope, it. it was. It was from Mulan. <laughs> I'm a great podcaster. Gonna... <laughs> You're right. That's that's okay. So that's not ABC. I mean, it's Disney, but right. Same thing at this point. Another thing that I found really frustrating in this episode was Gothel actually resurrecting Lu Lucy. I don't know why. Like her following through on her word is very out of character. I did not yeah. expect that to happen. It did give us like a nice closure with Lady Tremaine and Drizella. Yet another villainess who has a change of heart as she is sacrificing herself. Well, All I could think about was Ingrid. Yes. I liked her change in this episode. Like she said to Regina, I think she said it a few times, like, you've done this kind of stuff for your kid. Like, why is it different when I'm doing it for my kid? One or two scenes before that, Tremaine said, the mother in me wants to let you rot in here so that warning haunts you for the rest of your numbered days. But that was before Then she, she died knew. for <laughs> It was before she knew that, that it was Drizella's idea to do the lanterns. Well, I won't set up a <laughs> memorial for that conditional love woman. Wait, is she one of the mother's... Wait, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're just having like a bad mother explosion right now. <laughs> <laughs> when Cora died, were her last words to Regina, I love you? Or I love, because I don't even think that Tremaine got the you out. But No, I think it was... I love you. It would have been enough. It you you would have been enough. You would have been enough. Okay. Well, that's close enough. It's like the same thing. I love you and you would have right. been enough. Okay. Right. Well... Yeah, the Tremaine Drizella stuff was tough for me. Yeah, I I love when Ivy slash Drizella is 
is emotional and vulnerable. Like, I think she plays that really, really well. Yeah, she's really good. Even when she, like, somewhere around that line I just quoted, Drizella shot back some witty comeback, but the pain behind it, like, it was like she was forcing it out because it was her only way to be strong instead of crying. Yeah. So well done. So I'm glad that it wasn't her who sacrificed because right, right. <laughs> I would like that character to stay. No, I mean, I enjoyed Lady Tremaine too. My problem with their whole story was that Drizella rejected Rapunzel to begin with. Yeah. And so maybe the lanterns were her idea, but... She got tired of them. It was just, I don't know. I don't know how a mother could be quite so overtly uncaring simply because of like she was the opposite of what Zelina did her whole life Rapunzel Lady Tremaine was the opposite of what Zelina did in this episode she was rejected by her daughter but she went hard in that direction with her and just rejected her and just said fine I only care about Anastasia yeah I wonder if Drizella had been the one that almost died you know what I mean? Like maybe the trauma of almost losing her is what made her so attached to Anastasia. Yeah. The motivations there are just strange. She was, yeah. just, a, she was just a messed up lady. So I'm glad she did the right thing in the end. And, yes. And that's very sad, but <laughs> it was a very sudden turnaround. She never felt like the selfless type. Well, and she did get redeemed to Anastasia. Right before Gothel sent Anastasia away, she very much knew that Tremaine was at least claiming to always have loved that child, even though I didn't believe her for a second, because that wasn't genuine. Right. She always loved Lucy, not enough to, you know, keep her from trying to sacrifice her and stuff. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that love doesn't work like this. I'm pretty sure that if you have one child and you lose them. And then you have another child in your life. Mm-hmm. You you don't wish that you could trade one for the other. Like I think that you have enough love for both, right? And she was like, you you don't trade them. Like you might yearn for the other child, and you might wish that things were different. But I think that once another child comes into your life, it's like you can't imagine life without them either. And I get that she's not yeah. her mom, but she seemingly had a very big hand in raising her, at least in right. this world yeah and uh really having always loved her or not it's the right thing to do and it was the wrong thing to sacrifice her in the beginning yes she wasn't yeah it eh, yeah she just that whole i i liked it but it didn't have enough it it was too out of left field for me Mm -hmm. as these things often are when they're just done do you think that Lucy is somehow important to Gothel's end game and that's why she woke her up or that she somehow needed to develop some type of a rapport with the air quote heroes so that she, well, I mean, obviously she's only trying to push her own agenda because it has, she has to be, Lucy has to be important to her because she was trying to kill Drizella, So she didn't win any points there. And I suppose, Anastasia could be, you know, trust her more because she helped Lucy. But she killed her mom. And yeah, maybe the other heroes, 
maybe some of the other heroes will trust her more because she helped Lucy, but she also killed somebody. So I don't think that she's going to win many points there either. And then like the law enforcement dudes (laughs) (laughs) think that she's part of a, well, Rogers, the only not awake person in town practically thinks that she's part of a cult. So he's not a very good detective. I'm going to repeat that. He is not a very good detective. (laughs) Well, at least he knew she was hiding something. She's not even being a good actress, and he's not not seeing it. Right. (sighs) Serial and cartoons. (laughs) I'm glad she thought Anastasia would like that since she's never had either one. Right. And she had just (laughs) eaten dinner, unless this is the next day. And she's 14, which I think, if I recall correctly, is like around the time you stop watching cartoons or reading cartoons. Well, that might be the rule in Canada, but in the U.S., (laughs) no. (laughs) Yeah, everybody was aged down maturity-wise a little bit in this episode, too. So we we had some feedback as well that was of the opinion that Robin was acting a bit below her age, even at 18. Well, 18-year-olds these days, right? they're a little younger than they were in our day. And older. <laughs> All at the same time, oh, yeah, oddly enough. True. <laughs> well, she was still in high school, so she's just maybe like a like a true. December baby or, or no, like a January baby. I mean, I, I heard this week when I was away that the cutoff is different for every school district, so... Oh, that's cool. Then I don't know, but in Canada... <laughs> the cutoff is december 31st so if you're born january 1st you're the oldest in your class and if you're born december 31st you're almost a year younger than everybody else in your Uh, class good point good point yeah not i mean just not everyone's lana paria right like not everyone can just perfectly (laughs) act every single age including being an infant True. That didn't happen. I just, I think she'd no, do a good no, job. No, I think it did. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the Lion King episode. <laughs> being an infant. <laughs> oh. So is Ivy good now? Is this, it's really hard to keep track with her, especially, but like, is she going to be on the good side? <laughs> <laughs> and is anyone going to trust her if she is? She... Probably will start fighting for the good guys now. I am interested. Not because of any good reason, <laughs> but I but just because it seemed to be going that direction. When she's maybe gonna want to save Anastasia. I mean, one death scene that restores a lifetime of love seems to have a powerful effect on Once Upon a Time. This is true. There's several examples to prove it. They could have at least put some ribbons on their wrists and, like, had a flood of memories and stuff. I don't know. I think I'm actually mixing up two stories that were similar. Nope. But nope. nope. That was the Ingrid season. Yep. Well, I'm also thinking of Regina and Zelina. But they didn't have ribbons. Right. That's why. Yeah. So those two. But see, there's precedent for that. Like Oh, they the memories. Had, yeah. Like the water or the wine or yeah, whatever. So they were suddenly friends because they were like, oh, we loved each other as little girls. Yay. Forgot about that when I was trying to kill you. Sorry. Yeah. So they didn't even have that. They just had, oh, I'm I'm sorry I made you feel like I wanted you dead. I'm now dying for you. 
in order to show you that I love you. Bye. That was what they had. And now Drizella doesn't know what to make of life, which is fair. She'll just maybe be wandering around with that like that look on her face that she's really good at, that the actress is great at. The like half tears and like subtle confusion and just like, I don't know who loves me and what to do. I'm saying the best lines on the whole show, but now I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> who is she going to snark at now? My question is, well, Jacinda, clearly. <laughs> My question is, if... Uh, Rumpelstiltskin slash is his name Weaver? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Weaver's comment, things here are about to get very dark. If that, you know, if this isn't dark, like, where are we going with the rest of the season? I know. I think that was their call. They're like, hey, don't expect sunshine and rainbows and yellow ribbons, you guys. At this least is not until get- the finale. We're going to be poisoning more people and maybe making people uncomfortable with satanic rituals. I hope that's not true, but it's what it felt like. Somebody please wake Rogers the heck up. I'm actually just in the midst of all this stuff. We keep having to sort of endure these near truth stories that Rumpel is telling him so that he kind of knows what's going on in his asleep state. And it's Rogers. actually just muddying the water so much watching Hook or Nook try to navigate reality with just enough of the truth to kind of make him do the right things. But we have to hear the whole narrative so we know what he's thinking when he's doing all these things. They still have him functioning awake, almost. And it's... It's just now starting to really drive me crazy. (laughs) He has like Stockholm syndrome, but in reverse. Like Stockholm syndrome is when like the kidnap victim starts to sympathize with their captor. Okay. But he has it in like reverse. Like he's sympathizing with the kidnap victim that is also kind of his captor because she locked him in a tower. Uh, Wow. That's really true. (laughs) Do you think maybe she has some kind of like a spell on him and that's why he hasn't woken up? Because that wouldn't be the first time that she put some kind of a spell on him. Like they have a connection, obviously. I think it's hard to remember, but there's a curse on. And (laughs) technically, (laughs) a lot of people are still cursed. Maybe all of them? Can they just go around waking up everybody but Henry? See, that's been my thing the whole time. Like... Is a curse really a curse if you can wake people up one by one? Like, what curse is left to break? Well, I'm going to repeat that if it's a land without magic and magic being there, a.k.a. the curse breaking, is what makes Henry's being poisoned activate again. They're not doing a very good job because clearly there's magic there already because they just used it to resurrect Lucy. And if it has nothing to do with magic and it's somehow tied to the curse, then they did a really, really, really awful job of explaining that. (laughs) Yeah. The, it's really just a therapy curse now. It's, it's keeping Henry alive, but really it's having virtually no effect on anyone now. Like what part, if, like, if they figure out, how to keep Henry from dying, and they break the curse. Jacinda wakes up. Tiana wakes up. 
Like, okay, so a few people get their memories back, but what effect does it have on their lives? I get the distinct impression that they're all going to want to stay in Hyperion Heights. Mm. Ronnie and Kelly's. I think it depends how long they've been there. I think that's the other thing is it's not like it's been 28 years and that's all they know. Right? It's been like maximum a year, I want to say. One would think it's hard to figure out that timeline, too, because of not knowing what memories were created and which ones they actually have, like Kelly and Ronnie actually having a bar together. Right. Wouldn't it have been cool if that amulet had been something we had been seeing every single week built into a sign? Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have required like writing more than one episode at a time, though. Like, Planning ahead. Yeah. Here's something that may or may not be a popular opinion. I, I've i enjoyed this season for the most part. I've enjoyed I really have getting to. to see some new actors and some new storylines. However, especially now that they've announced that it's the final season, all I'm hoping is for like a big cast reunion in the finale <laughs> and a happy ending. Like I want to see Emma. I want to see Hook. I want to see their baby who's like a child now, like a teenager. I want to <laughs> see Snow traveling to and Neil. Is that crazy that, or does that make me bad that I don't care about seeing the children? I don't really care about seeing the children, but I mean, it would, it's just implied that we would see yeah. them if we got like one montage at Granny's. Let's, let's My reason end being there, that they're okay? not, they aren't characters. So that's why I say that. And if they were to become oh, characters, right. they'd be played by somebody else. Like um, like Robin, for example. Like, whatever babies played Robin, really, that's <laughs> cool for them. But they didn't matter to us in that sense. <laughs> the only baby that has mattered is Emma in a sword fight <laughs> and Lion King Regina. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But really, like, now I'm just like... It's frustrating because it's like, why are we getting this season anyway? It would have made sense if this was like, AK, like, it would have made sense if this was a spinoff and now we're, we're invested in these characters and we're going to get to see them grow. But we're not. Like, all we're doing is wrapping up a season that they tried to make work on a different night that didn't work, clearly, because they're canceling yeah. the show now. Like, I'm glad that they've announced it and that the writers know so that they can wrap yeah. it up appropriately. But especially now that they're taking these turns and it doesn't make sense and it's kind of frustrating. Like, I'm pretty sure Henry's not going to die. That's maybe that would kind of really be a terrible way to end a show that's about happy endings. Yeah. <laughs> if the now, little kid in the pilot that said, I'm your son, if he's speaking dead, of. Right, I know. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's the thing you don't do. But speaking of cast reunions, I do not have any information. I'll say that up front. However, episode 17 of this season, which airs, according to some possibly accurate information, on April 13th, is episode 150 of Once Upon a Time. And that's a milestone, so there could be some special things there. And... It appears to be Lana Perea's first episode as director. Yay! If I'm not mistaken. So, that should be fun. <laughs> if we have nothing else, we have episode 150. Well, that's good. 
Yeah. I, I know that a show making it to 100 is a milestone. So, yep. like, not every show can be Bones that made it to, like, 9,000. <laughs> oh, goodness. Do you remember what episode 100 of Once Upon a Time was? I don't. Souls of the Departed. <laughs> is that the one where they went to Hades? It was during that season, and that's how they did oh, the... Oh, I remember now, because they brought back all of... They brought back the the Blind Witch. They brought back Peter Pan. Yeah. They brought back Cora, like all of the dead characters. <laughs> yes. I so now. I don't know what they might do for 150, but that will be worth watching, I'm sure. The only thing that I'm left wanting to mention or hypothesize about is who would have killed Dr. Sage? Someone who would take her hair. So a, a witch, I'm guessing. True. Hair, hairs are used or Rumpelstiltskin could have been Weaver and didn't move like him no it, it definitely I, I wanted again not a spoiler I think it was a woman I would not understand how it was not Gothel. a woman okay <laughs> right she just did but a Gothel. really quick wardrobe change because she was wearing red well in the I garden mean, which no. <laughs> yeah true she also disappeared so <laughs> i'm not but, i'm not totally convinced that it's gothel only because i'm of the opinion after my sage research that dr sage was a witch and why would gothel kill a witch if she's trying to resurrect witches oh so you oh, but if she wasn't a witch maybe she was like a healer but that's my whole thing is it's like if you're a healer quotes in like the olden days, sometimes you were called a witch because you used oh. like plants and stuff. That's unfortunate. And so then, you know what I mean? Then she could be yeah. a witch, Dr. Sage. I got the feeling, maybe it was not correct, that somebody was trying to stop her from revealing Lucy's parentage. I did get that feeling too, and I agree, but why'd they take her hair then? Right. I, I assumed in that moment that somebody was going to use that for a glamour spell and appear as her. Oh. And then she was going to say, nope, you weren't a match. Why didn't I think of that? Maybe because they've never needed, have they needed hair for glamours in the past? No, but they really should have because you got to put some kind of limitation on that sort of thing. Well, I mean, if we're dealing with the <laughs> resurrection stone, polyjuice potion needs hair. Which is, potion. <laughs> which is, for those who are not Harry Potter fans, that's the potion that they made in Harry Potter to turn them into other people. They had to add the hair. And so Hermione accidentally added cat hair once and turned into a kind of a cat. Anyway. <laughs> you know what might make a really good animation if they did Polyjuice Potion would be that animation that they used when the evil part of somebody split off in the Jekyll and Hyde storyline. And the evil Queen Regina storyline. <laughs> that really nasty red looking thing where they split off. That's just what I imagine. <laughs> but it's been a while since I <laughs> read Harry Potter. Or saw it since. Or saw it. I don't think of the movies as. Is that weird? Because I, I, <laughs> I read the book I, all in one summer. Basically, I would read a book and then watch the movie. And the movie was so condensed compared to the book I had just read mm -hmm. that every time, really, the mo the book is what stuck, not the movie. I didn't read the books till after I saw the movies. So, oh, <laughs> but we digress. I am liking the pop culture references because they also mentioned Beyonce, Jay Z, and Blue Ivy. <laughs> in they the Enchanted Forest, or like in. The 
the new Enchanted Forest. The Wicked Witch of the West officially knows more about pop culture than I do. Well, she has been raising a teenage girl in our world for the last 18 years. That is true. That is true. At that point. (laughs) Also, did we have a Sound of Music reference? Oh, possibly. But if we did, I didn't catch it. Roger said Tilly's been fed with tea with jam and bread. Oh, <laughs> that Which, is a sound. Of I mean, music maybe reference. that's just a British thing, but I, I was like, what are we singing now? Is this sound of music? I don't know. I'm wondering if that's also a Wonderland <laughs> reference. The tea is, but tea right, right. Jam and, bread. <laughs> and I did catch the Apollo bar reference. Aww. I wonder what the next show to feature Apollo bars will be. There's, once Once Upon a Time is Gone, where will we get our Apollo Bar references? Isn't there a new spinoff with the creators of Lost starting? Is there? I think so. I think I saw an ad for it when I was fast forwarding through commercials. Chat room, help well, us out. Well. I swear that, I saw it was creators of Lost and it was weird. It looked weird. Like it looked like Lost in a nutshell. That might be something to explore. So that's not necessarily Adam and Eddie, right? That's... No, that would be Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse or J.J. Abrams. So as far as where we're going from here, we might have a couple clues in Henry, who seems to be closer and closer to believing, but that puts his life more and more in danger. Or does it? Question mark. Well, if the curse (laughs) breaks, he dies. Well, that's what they say. That's what they say. I guess we have no reason not to believe them at this point, but they have already started backtracking like the in the winter finale and around that time it was very we thought we thought Regina was going to die because either Lucy or Henry as it stood had to die. And then they came back they were already saying there was another way except somebody did still die <laughs> to save Lucy's life. So it wasn't a complete backtracking. But now all they ha- they're right back to square one with just stop the curse from breaking until they figure out another way. Slash watch out for the witches, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like they could just bide their time and figure something out since almost everyone's awake and the people who have magical knowledge are awake. They could just figure out how to save Henry, except now they have Gothel to deal with. I wonder if the storylines are going to be a little bit more separate for the next few episodes so that they can set things up. Like Gothel might be going and doing her thing and like the heroes are going to be doing their thing because it has been very intertwined because they needed Gothel to be kind of around them and they were keeping tabs on her because of what had happened to Lucy. True. I hope they move a little fast because I have a feeling we could still see some Rogers investigating whatever he calls her. He has his own reality that I lose track of. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody else kind of knows what's going on. But as he <laughs> investigates her, I guess I just I hope they're kind of done with that. So maybe that's the next step. We wake up Rogers, yeah. like I'm saying, yes. so they can stop riding around him. And then things can get really interesting because then he knows who she really is. Who Tilly is. And who Tilly is. Right. Okay. So 
Gothel's awake, obviously. Drizella is awake. Weaver is awake. Regina is awake. Zelina is awake. <laughs> yeah. Am I missing anybody? Tilly is ish awake. Quasi awake. She's just mad. Wonderland style. Wonderland style mad. Yeah. So Rogers would be the next. Like if they're trying to prevent Henry from waking up, Rogers would be the next logical step. Although I'm also hoping that like Zelina, Regina go and have some banter with Weaver again to be like, not only Regina could be like, not only am I awake, Zelina's awake now. And you better start working with us. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a weird thought. Please share. Dr. Sage might not be dead. Maybe. She might have been having one of those wake up moments. And she was actually at that moment looking at her own memories. Well, that is what I assumed, honestly, at first, is that oh, that's really? what those berries were. But then she like crashed to the ground, which none of the other characters did, to my recollection. Well, she's, you know, maybe just weaker because... And then someone took she her hair to... and took her files. Yeah. But she'll wake up. No, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed she was dead the first time. Since it was at the same time as they were saying things were getting darker. And then she died. And then I assume she died, yes, because things are darker. <laughs> but it didn't look like, wasn't it just a liquid? Those were like berries or something. Seeds. Yeah. They were dissolving at that moment, it looked like. Yeah. Oh, so someone, oh, well, obviously someone was in the room because they, right. they grabbed, they grabbed the hair right away. Yeah. That was creepy, but I don't know. They could, you know, I, I got, and even more as we've discussed it, I really did get the feeling that some things were set up so that someone could take things in whatever direction they wanted to for the next episode. <laughs> Because why would you play on a whole season before you actually... I may have said before, I'm not just making that up. I have heard in a making of, I think it was actually from, it was one of the Star Trek shows. One of the writers, they would actually sometimes split up a two-part episode. And one of them, I remember gleefully talking about how he would set up an impossible cliffhanger and then be like, have fun to the next writer who would have to figure out how to get them out of it. Why is that a smart thing to do when you're trying to keep an audience See, on your side? I don't think it is, but sometimes I swear that's what they do, <laughs> or at least that they haven't planned any further than that. They did do a writer's room special feature, I want to say, on the Frozen season. So is that three or four? Oh, yeah. I think we keep coming back to that because we just, it's so representative. And they, I'm sure they did it because they know it's what we think. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then they were like, they ordered a pizza. I I, I don't know. We'll find it. Maybe we'll link it in the show yeah. notes if we can find Which it. Which um, probably means we're not giving them quite enough credit. But yes, they do seem to have trouble with commitment on storylines sometimes. Just coming from like my first experience with watching a television show from start to finish, like minus the Power Rangers when I so was like five Sesame Street <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> was Buffy, which was Joss Whedon Uh-oh. who literally knew exactly how he was going to end the series when he started it. And if that's not true, that's how it felt for everybody who watched that show. So I just yeah. have really high expectations of like maybe planning a season story arc before it happens. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, even Lost, for all its criticism, was dovetailed very well if it was if parts were not planned in advance. And I know some parts were not. And same is true with, say, Fringe. It's like, maybe it wasn't all planned in the beginning, but you could never find many, if any, plot holes or inconsistencies between... It's as if they honored what they wrote in the early seasons as they wrote the later seasons. So, And they literally had foreshadowing like two seasons before something in Buffy. Yeah. yeah. So when we sound discontent, it's just because we are plot spoiled. (laughs) Right. And I grew up on Star Trek, which they have their plot holes at times, but they are... They're all nerds. So they, they're like consistency <laughs> nerds right. and continuity nerds. So from one series to the next and the movies and things, if they were to have a major continuity issue, they just, you know, they, they avoid that at all costs. <laughs> kind of off topic, but have I explained why I feel like the CGI is way better in this, in this se- season? Why it is? Yeah. I don't think so. So I'm just guessing that when all the principal actors left who probably made a lot a lot of money because they're oh. <laughs> like they're much more well known on television right like yeah. it's that's just a fact i'm not insulting the new actors but i'm guessing that the new actors who kind of came like this is for some of them their first big gig or whatever maybe that's sure. not true that's just my impression i've never heard of many of them before they're not getting paid as much. And so there's a different budget distribution. That's my theory. Yeah, that's funny. That could be. <laughs> because the CGI has been like remarkably better. There's also been, I would say, less magic in general in this season up until maybe this episode. Well, they are in a land That may not be magic, true. So. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, yeah, I feel like their magic has been pop culture references. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as fine to be Jay Z. <laughs> uh, Google's Jay Z. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> even I knew that reference, and I'm I know so not in that pop culture world. I I knew the reference, but only ish. And everybody's going, "Wow, Jeremy's not cool at all." So this concludes our discussion of this episode of Once Upon a Time Secret Garden. If you'd like to join in on our discussion. Of this episode, you can go to oncepodcast.com slash 324 and leave a comment with your theories and your hypotheses and what you thought of this episode, or you can join in on some discussion. There's always lots of discussion happening over on our forums, which can be found at oncepodcast.com slash forums. You can also find us on Twitter at oncepodcast, and you can find each of us individually on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. And I am on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. You can also join Daniel on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. Special thanks to our whole team of volunteers that help make this podcast possible. Jack for writing our show notes. John Buchanis for editing our episodes, especially tonight. Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers. Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums. Keb for masterminding our timeline. And Jeremy, Aaron, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, perhaps we should ask the Scarecrow to join us and call it a day. And thank you for listening.
Once podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode. If you would like to be a hero too, please visit oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.